0: Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic. I'm here with Spiro Scoris. Anyone who's done this sort of work will know his work by now. He's been doing incredible work on his YouTube channel. A lot of it's backed up on BitChute. We'll get into that later of how this is kind of needed right now. Um, but thank you Spiro for coming on the show. and Give me an hour of your time because the work that you're doing is fantastic. I wanted to know how you got into this work. I've been doing it myself for about 15 years now. I work with David, Ike, uh, Gareth, and Jamie quite closely, but mostly in the background. Um, and I've come across in your work, especially the last six months. How did you get into looking into these things? Is this a new thing for you? Something that you've done for years? Um, and yeah, how did you get into this sort of work? What intrigued you about this, the madness that's going on right now?
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks so much for inviting me on. Uh, it's great to be here with you and uh just a little bit of background as far as how i kind of got into this was uh i was at a young age i was about 13 or 4 called shadows of power and it gets into the council on foreign relations and the uh, trilateral commission and basically the shadow government and uh, so that really woke me up and um and you know, I just, that really opened the box for me, Pandora's box. And I just started, kept digging and digging and, and you know, and then just events throughout history, like 9-11, for example, to, you know, uh, just how it's changed our lives uh, dramatically in, in such a, an incredible way. And, um, you know, I've always just wanted to try to share information with people that were around me through discussions and conversations, um, trying to show them that there is another alternative a viewpoint that should absolutely absolutely be con, uh, you know considered, um, and we can't just believe the the mainstream media at face value because time and time again they've been proven to be bought and paid for and essentially just the propaganda arm of the establishment. Uh, so that pretty much escalated to the point to where I was uh, in, uh, inspired by others who were creating their own content on platforms like YouTube uh, years ago. And uh, so I created my own channel and started creating my own content and uh, eventually ended up getting recruited by Sibel Edmonds of uh, NewsBud to launch an independent news organization. And I uh, built, helped build that from the ground up. There was a lot of great people involved in that project and um, was the executive producer there for about two years and then uh, ended up parting ways with NewsBud and took about a year off uh, from everything and um, about six months ago uh, was when I launched this, this last channel here. It was actually a backup channel that had just been sitting there dormant for years, and uh, I just basically revived it. I had about a thousand subscribers on there and um, just started pumping out the content because I had seen um, leading up to 2020, I had seen the rhetoric uh, increase dramatically uh, of the well I should say by the central banks and the United Nations and they were pushing two things very hard and it was their climate change agenda and uh, digital currencies central bank digital currencies specifically so that caught my attention and uh, started to report on on that sort of uh, you know information and then 2020 happened and it's been a wild roller coaster ever since and we're only halfway through it.
0: It is such a strange thing isn't it when you start to see all these things come to come to fruitation, even though I, we've been what, looking at these things for years, even David said, David Icke said, he said there was a, still a moment where he looks around and thinks, it's happening, it's actually real, and these things are... It's almost like we we do now live in a Marvel comic, and it's bizarre as as hell. And I think that's what people have been bamboozled by it, haven't they? You've talked a lot about Bill Gates, and he's one of the, the, the arch enemies, but he's only a tiny bit, isn't he? He's further down the chain. My main frustration, and I wanted to get your view on this, is that people still don't seem to realise that that the banking cartel, the banking family, what they call the black nobility, these bloodlines are the ones that really pull in the strings. Some people are not even past the democratic left and right yet. How do you deal with that, knowing what you know and function as a human being in the world? Because I find that kind of hard sometimes.
1: Well, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. They, uh, the central bankers have been pulling the strings for a long time and of course they're controlled and, the, and they operate, you know, uh, in unison together, you know, uh, to control the people. And for, for a long time we've lived in a debt based system of slavery and, um, they're getting ready to, in my view, transition into the next paradigm of, of, of control, uh, which we'll get into more here in a little bit, but it's, uh, you know, amazing to see how easily, uh, people have, uh, will accept, uh, you know, a lot of injustices, uh, or things that they normally shouldn't accept just because they are comfortable in their own, uh, day-to-day lives and, and it doesn't directly affect them. Um, I think that, uh, there has been uh, an increase in the awakening globally. Um, a lot of people have been exposing Bill Gates and, uh, you know, a lot of things that he's tied into and connected to, and it absolutely needs to be exposed. But as you said, there's a lot more to it than just Bill Gates. And so, uh, you know, the way I try to deal with it is I just, I just always keep researching more and more and just try to inform help to inform and, and uh, together uh, reports that will offer that other you know alternative viewpoint
0: so the, the central bankers and how important a role they play in what we see coming out like anything it's money money controls it all i think george Oro said just give me the control of the money so how important a role are the central bankers playing this and who are we talking about when we're talking about the central bankers
1: well essentially they're you know very close to the top of the pyramid no doubt about it And they have devised the system of control to keep us right where they want us. And as we uh, continue through, you know, this process, which is being done incrementally, uh, we've become more and more dependent upon this system. And what I was getting at earlier with people, you know, just willing to accept it, it's because they haven't um, really, it hasn't affected their day to day lives. And what I was getting at with the uh, awakening that's taking place is, I think a lot of that kind of started with the whole Jeffrey Epstein scandal, when he was found dead in a prison cell, uh, in a jail cell, while on uh, suicide watch, and they claim he committed suicide. A lot of people were like, wait a minute, what is what's really going on here? And then the cameras don't work. And, and there's just all this kind of stuff. So that kind of really woke a lot of people up, I think. And then now we have this COVID crisis that is directly affecting people's lives and it's forcing people at some point you know to be home on lockdown and they kind of start to explore on their own and, and go to places like YouTube and to see you know what else is going on out there other than the mainstream uh, lies that are you know we're hearing on a daily basis and so this has caused a lot of people to wake up because it is directly affecting them so there are some good things that have come out of this uh, crisis here and you know at the on the flip side the censorship has increased as well as we've seen david ike's entire youtube channel of almost 1 million uh, subscribers was just deplatformed and removed you know it's happened uh, to me my first channel was removed and and many others and this is uh so this is the battle this is a uh, the war we face right now is is at this point an information war and uh it's it's escalating and i believe that what we're seeing right now is all by design it's all been planned out and laid out for a long time, and uh, as soon as twenty twenty hit, they essentially uh, hit the uh, play the the button to implement the next phase.
0: It really did did know and and we've seen if we look into things like lockstep or dark winter, these things have been planned out or war I mean even if they weren't planned out as a nefarious thing, although I believe they are if you look into the Rockefellers and how they run the pharmaceutical industries, even if they weren't, these people have the mentality that they have the right to war game with our lives. That in itself is terrifying. You talk to me about the psychology of the people like the Rockefellers, the, the Gates Foundation, the Clintons, the Epsteins, all these people are clearly connected. You talk at uh, the, the R- Rothschilds, the British Royals. These people don't think like me and you, do they? And I, and I, and that's something else. There's a blockage there with, with most people don't understand the psychology of these people.
1: Well, this goes back a long time and uh, essentially they consider themselves to be the elite and we are the peons or, or whatever you want to call it, we're, we're, they're in a different class from us. At least they, that's how they see us. They, they come from better genes and and everything like that. And uh, this was a a program that, you know, that we're seeing take place, uh, a, basically a population control program Uh, and, and. Being able to, they determine uh, who gets to reproduce, who gets to have children, who you know uh, this, who gets sterilized, kind of a thing. And, and we've seen this play out. I know that sounds extreme, but this, you know, the people who have set up these uh, foundations and these these people who have been very instrumental in creating organizations like the UN and the and the organizations that fall under them, um, have an agenda at play here, and they have basically like here in the United States in the early 1900s and, and even into the late 1800s, uh, there was openly a eugenics program here in this country. A lot of people don't know about this. Um, and it, there was even official uh, departments within the US government, like you know the Office of Eugenics, for example, and, and these people who helped to set this up um, also helped to set up the United Nations and everything, but they also were funding these eugenics programs in Nazi Germany and you know where they were outright sterilizing people, uh, and and even in some cases, you know, uh, killing them. Here in the U.S., they the Supreme Court upheld a decision. I think it was uh, uh, Carrie Buck was the first person that was officially sterilized, and it was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court because she was deemed to be uh, feeble-minded. You know that that she shouldn't be able to reproduce, and and this goes <clears throat> and that decision was based off of uh, Madison. Uh, another Supreme Court course where the, the government ruled that they could uh, deliver, they could mandate vaccines. And it was the actual local legislators that could mandate the vaccines. And that was a uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. That case was actually referenced in this uh, eugenics uh, sterilization, forced sterilization case. And, and I'm, you know, forgive me if I get some of the details or I'm going off of memory here, but that's, that's pretty much the, the gist of it. So the U S was also funding Uh, these programs in Nazi Germany. And after the war, of course, uh, the Nazis had, uh, you know, a bad stigma, uh, rightfully so, I would say, of course, nobody likes the Nazis. But, you know, so that eugenics program also had, since it was associated with the Nazis, you know, people didn't want anything to do with it. So they basically had to rebrand their eugenics program, because they weren't gonna let it just go away. They, They have openly said time and time again throughout history that essentially, their number one concern is population growth. We've heard this throughout history, recent history with going back of the past, you know, over a hundred years. And so they couldn't just let that program go away. So they went underground and they started to come up with uh, new terminologies like molecular biology, for example. And then that kind of transformed into uh, the climate agenda because everyone can get behind the climate agenda, right? Who wouldn't want to save the world? And so they have devised, uh, you know, a, set of plans like agenda 21 and the 2030 agenda which ultimately um is a form of global governance that controls every aspect of our lives our movements and uh and and it goes on from there and and it's being championed as uh, a way to uh, save humanity from ourselves essentially uh for the betterment of mankind
0: yeah it's it's a typical um uh, psychopathic and narcissistic abuse technique of saying i'm doing this for your own good that is just clear and you're dealing with if you look into psychology and and narcissism especially borderline personality disorders this is just clearly a worldwide abuse system that they've put together by abusive psychopaths so you talk about eugenics there basically the nazis just swapped uniforms we know a lot of them went into nasa through project paperclip (laughs) into mk ultra which is connected to nasa some say that NASA was the, the space programs were not a cover, but an outwardly reason for it to be happening. And underneath that, you've got MK ultra project Monarch. We know a lot of the Nazis went into them child abuse into that sort of area. I mean, it's just horrific to look back on it, but what we're saying. And I, I believe that you, you feel the same is that the Nazis never went away. They just changed uniform and they changed into first, they changed into, into scientists, white rat lab coats. Then they changed into suits into the banking industry. And now then they went to Silicon Valley and put trainers on and, and a t-shirt on. But they're the same mentality. And then you're looking at, then we come to Bill Gates, who was part of this. Bill Gates, I know that the Corbett Report has done an amazing four part series that you've done some amazing work of it. People still don't even realize that his dad was um, head of Planned Parenthood. Talk to me a little bit about Planned Parenthood. Explain to the audience what Planned Parenthood is and how that connects to the ideology, that the Nazi ideology.
1: Well, uh, absolutely. Uh, Bill Gates' father was uh, a senior board member of Planned Parenthood. And essentially it was uh, created by uh, Margaret Sanger and she was the uh, a known eugenicist. And they, again, they want to, the, a lot of uh, PR goes into these type of uh, movements. You know, they they have the media behind them. They try to sell it. They want, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm not trying to take a position on pro-choice or pro-life or whatever. That's that's not the point here. The point is that they have set up these clinics uh, throughout the country it, it, here in the U.S. And when you look at where these clinics are, they're usually predominantly in uh, you know affluent neighborhoods, for example, uh, you know uh, colored neighborhoods, whatever however you want to call it, African American neighborhoods. And they have basically they set up these clinics to uh, provide abortions to people, which is a form of population control. And, uh, and so this is a, another, a very controversial topic here. Uh, no doubt about it, but if you look at the numbers, it's astounding how many, you know, nobody ever talks about how many babies were aborted, uh, you know, just each year it, it surpasses like the death rate of every other number. So this is a very important program for them, uh, because if they can prevent life, uh, then, then they won't have to, you know, kill them softly later. For example,
0: and we've seen Bill Gates come out with that as an easy. He openly talks about it. And it is such a strange thing. He's saying the words in a pot. It's like singing, singing a song about mass murder with a pretty melody. He says the words, and then you're hearing it, but you're hearing it in such a soft voice that it almost sounds plausible. But then you listen to Bill Gates, and he talks about if we if we do this well, we can reduce the population by. That's madness, isn't it? For me, Bill Gates was brought up in a cult, a Planned Parenthood cult, and he's extremely mentally ill. And I think we have some extremely mentally ill people controlling the world, and that—that that is worrying. That, that That's become the norm. That's okay. What was your take on on that?
1: Well, again, it's you know the the social engineers have been. Uh, working for generations to get us to this point of acceptance, basically, just that's just kind of the way it is. You know, for example, there is a whole new generation that will never know what life was like before 9/11. They'll never know what the freedoms were like before 9/11. All they'll know is having grown up in the police state and the surveillance state. And they'll become a time when there'll be generations that don't know what it was like before COVID-19, before COVID-1984 all they'll know is the new surveillance state and police state that they're uh, you know, accustomed to. So th- you know, that's just one example of how incrementally over time and generations, they're able to further their agenda uh, to get the people to accept it. And so this is, uh, I would have to agree with, with the, uh, the mental illness uh, <laughs> you know, to me. And you stated, you referenced Bill Gates in one of his famous TED Talks where he's talking about climate, he's talking about carbon footprints and co2 emissions and he puts up an equation on the board i'm sure all of your viewers have seen this but he is uh talking about how we need to get to net zero and reduce co2 emissions down to zero and so the equation has a few different variables in there and the first one is people and he says you know if we do a really great job through uh, new vaccines and reproductive health care and health services we can perhaps reduce this number by about 10 to 15%. Now, you know, they try to argue that if we do, you know, that bet- better medicine and health will have cause people to have less kids because their kids are healthy. But uh, to me, that's, that's a weak argument. And, and when he says this, he says this in a uh, very narcissistic manner, and the crowd there uh, laughs, you know, like, know, we're going to have to get this number pretty close to zero. And and he pauses and he's like waiting for the the crowd's approval and laughter. And it's just, it's unreal to see uh, this mindset out there in the open. And then when we see, you know, now Gates has been all over the media saying that he wants to vaccinate the entire global population because of this COVID-19, which we have seen the numbers now show clearly that it's no worse than the flu at this point uh you know if it even you know people want to debate whether the virus is real or not let's just say it is just for the sake of argument uh the numbers which were artificially inflated admittedly they were padding the numbers and just marking covid on death certificates even if they showed signs of you know symptoms which symptoms are flu-like symptoms you got a runny nose oh you have covid you know so it it, and, and initially these lockdowns which uh as you referenced earlier the uh, rockefeller lockstep document back in 2010 they were talking about how to mitigate and deal with a global outbreak and their conclusion essentially was that the chinese authoritarian hardcore police state lockdown was the only way to uh successfully advert uh, a global pandemic and now you know we have already seen this play out here 10 years later with the the computer models that were funded by, uh, you know, connected back to Bill Gates had, uh, you know, projections of very, very high mortality rates, which scared the government officials, right? If, if they're not already in on it, but basically those pro, uh, projections, those computer models justified the lockdowns. And now we actually have data to go off of and the data does not support that. But just like these computer models, uh, they say, uh, show that uh you know the climate is we're gonna basically all die the planet's gonna die if we don't do exactly what they're gonna say and <laughs> what they tell us to do basically
0: yeah it's madness it's you're all gonna die if you don't die and that's like that's that's what's called fetishist split i think and and if anyone's watched this and i'm wrong but i believe a fetish split is holding two beliefs that don't work together and you try and fit your head into it and that seems to be what they're doing they're changing the rules day by day and people are getting confused and and then we come back to order out of chaos. How much chaos are they causing? And and this is a big boiling pot of chaos. And the more chaos happens, the more order they're going to try and implement. The more people are going to call for order. The more people are going to call for, please just make it stop. It's This is global, in my opinion, global psychological abuse to every single man and woman who's not in that 0.01%. And... Um, do you think there's going to be a point where people start to recognize that? Or have we, it's really hard, isn't it? Because you want to say yes, but I see very little signs of it. Um, what signs do you see of people actually going, this is, I'm being abused here. Um, yeah. What's your take on that? It's hard to put into words because it's almost like a, we don't have a language for this. It's,
1: you know, well, this is, no one has ever gone through anything like this before right? And and of course they have, when I say they, I mean the social engineers, the ones who have uh, manufactured and facilitated these several different crises. They have, of course, wargamed these scenarios uh, through their, their documents, their tabletop exercises. They also have uh, algorithms and all of the mass metadata that they've been collecting on all of us and artificial intelligence. And they're able to uh, basically run computer simulations, models, whatever, to be able to predict, excuse me, people's responses at, at within a high degree of accuracy. They, will, they know if, okay, if we do this, they're gonna respond most likely in this way. So, you know, we have to keep this in mind uh, as these crazy events unfold here. Make sure we're not actually playing into a trap, for example, you know, it's, it's very important for people to be able to take a step back and try to observe the big picture because it, people are getting caught up in so many different you know that's part of the way that these operations work from based on my perspective my viewpoint is yes order out of chaos like you said but they have so many different events taking place that it's hard to we're like oh look over here oh look over here you know there's so many things taking place at once that we cannot people have a hard time focusing in on one thing and critically thinking about it and and trying to react to it in a a, you know a critical way you know and so that's part of the strategy no doubt and when we look at people you know when i talk to people um offline off the computer pretty much everyone at this point thinks that this whole covid thing was bs and that uh, we're being lied to and and basically that this is a move to crash the global economy you know and as we have seen record numbers of unemployment uh, and this no doubt in my mind is uh, part of a bigger picture, which I want to get into, but of course you still see people, like when you go to the grocery stores, you still pe- see pe- everyone, most people wearing the masks, you know, whether they, you know, and, and those are the people that we need to talk to. It's like, okay, hey, you know, what's your take on this here? And, and again, uh, I'm not saying people shouldn't be wearing masks. People have every right to choose, you know, what, what they want to do to make them feel safe. But at the same time, they're following the recommendations of these, uh, global institutions which are corrupt and of the media which is corrupt and, and the government which is corrupt and, and so that's why we see a lot of times they recruit government you know people trust celebrities so that's why we see them being recruited in a lot of being, like pr work on this but yeah uh, we ultimately yeah. sorry carol
0: no, no carry on.
1: You know, ultimately, I think what we're seeing right now <clears throat> is just the next phase, and and so if people are uh, unafraid, you know, of of the virus, for example, now they're going to have to uh, justify um, the the situation, the the lockdowns, and everything like that. So now that the nice weather is here, people are kind of rambunctious. They've been cooped up in their house for months. They've been out of work. That, you know they're ready to get outside and then wouldn't you know it we just happen to have these these uh, protests and around the world and riots uh, heavily here in the u.s and do you know i'm sure you do but in my experience with people trying to organize anything it is extremely difficult to get people to get up off of their butts off of the couch and get outside and do something uh you know especially anything organized it is extreme it's like herding cats it's extremely difficult to organize people. And we have seen that these protests have been here across this country in the US for years, for the past five years at least. Every summer, you have the, the Antifa crowd, the left crowd, or, or you know whoever, the BLM crowd, come out, take to the streets, and then you've seen kind of the opposite side of that coin, the, the pro-Trump, MAGA, right wing crowd, or whatever you wanna call it. And they were out there basically beating the hell out of each other every summer, Uh, for the past few years and and it's kind of uh, now here we are in an election year in the us and it's really uh peaked out here and i think that this is all this is by design you don't have like if you look at for example all of these mega corporations that are throwing their support behind the the black lives matter movement for example um there you know you have amazon and and mcdonald's and uh, all these major corporations. Do you think a grassroots organization could really get these giant mega corporations to to say side one way or the other? You know, then you have politicians coming out and like the mayor in DC there, <clears throat> renaming the plaza right in front of the White House, Black Lives Matter Plaza, painting using tax to payer dollars to paint on the roads, uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter, you know, all in preparation for this weekend, which they're saying they expect the biggest crowds out there. We have politicians. Uh, across the country, you know, uh, taking a knee, we have, you know, we have, uh, they're throwing their support behind this, and and I just have a really hard time finding, uh, believing that this is a grassroots organization with, you know, no outside help, because when we look back, it was proven in 2015 that Black Lives Matter was being funded uh, by George Soros and many others. You know, Soros is the most well-known one, so his name gets thrown in there, but. Uh, the Tides Foundation, I believe was involved, and many others, uh, rich, rich philanthropists who use their wealth and influence to change, uh, you know, and to achieve in a political agenda. And so we're seeing this take place, and we're seeing it come to a a, a head here, basically. And, you know, from what I, based on everything that I'm seeing in years of researching, you know, geopolitics and and everything like that, the methods that are being used here in the U.S. and and I just keep referencing the U.S. because that's where we've seen the extreme violence, uh, you know, and and this this you know the majority of this crazy uh, scenes unfold. But the tactics that we're seeing unfold here are the same type of exactly the same destabilization operations that we have witnessed. The US, specifically the West and the CIA use time and time again in other countries to destabilize their governments before they topple the governments and install their puppet regimes. This to me is an operation, no doubt about it. They're being they're receiving support, they're they're getting let out of jail. These rioters and looters are getting arrested. If they get arrested, they get let out of jail the next day. So, I mean, what it is like complete backwards. You know, this is just as backwards as threatening to arrest. Uh, small business owners uh, at the same time, you're letting real uh, criminals out of jail because of the virus, but you're going to throw a small business owner in jail because they want to get back to work and support their family. So this, uh, you know, and now we're seeing them uh, the protesters were calling to disband police departments and we're seeing now city council members and mayors and others come out and say, you know what, we're going to start to disband the police departments and we're going to have a new transformative uh, form of public safety which I'm going to be digging into more uh, coming up here in future reports. But this to me is a uh, uh, an operation that's being carried out and we're, it's, we'll see how bad it's going to get. But we know that they they can't maintain or sustain this forever because, well, the, the country is breaking right now. Uh, and they're trying to incite that racial division and try to say that it's justice for Floyd when, looting the stores has nothing to do with justice for Floyd, you know, and and it's basically class warfare um, and destabilization programs. And what I see coming is a perfect storm potentially for, you know, towards the end of summer, beginning of fall, when we do, as we approach the presidential elections taking place, as the vaccine is potentially ready to be, uh, you know, available for the public, President Trump already said he would deploy the military to uh, dis- distribute the vaccine. Um, you know, that's, that's flu season is right around there, you know, so they could, you know, say, oh, here comes the second wave we were warning everyone about because of everyone violated the lockdown orders and was out protesting. And so, you know, but basically they're going to need to reinstill that fear into people. And so, you know, we've heard Bill Gates say that he uh, is worried about a, the threat of a bioterror attack for example. So there could be a, a false flag in there somewhere, they could release uh, an actual you know, weaponized virus that does have a higher mortality rate. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's so many different variables taking place right now. And we just really have to uh, try to not get caught up in, in some of the the smaller details, because uh, this is all leading up to uh, the next system of control, which I would like to get into more here in a little bit with you.
0: Yeah, what we will say in there, and it all comes back to these these policies or these government um, policies that are coming through. Everything fits back into this ideology. This ideology that we spoke about earlier, this Nazi Aryan ideology of an elite race. Whatever you might think of that elite race, and I pointed out that I believe it's an world race, in my opinion, because the and my opinion, my reason for that is because reason why we go back to why we were called the human race. Well, the fact is they needed to categorise us as a human race. Would imply there had to be another race to need to separate us from so in my opinion there was another race and then the human race well there would be no need to call us a human race we would just be people or race um so my opinion and david I talks a lot about the ananarchy and if we want to go all the way down that but whether they whether that's true or not and they're related to an anarchy off race these people believe they are that's the important thing whether it's true or not. And as you say, whether it's a virus or not, these people, if they can get you to believe in it, it's real. So if these people believe, and these Rothschilds, Rockefellers, the British, the, the black nobility, go and look into all of these terms, guys, because these people believe that they are the rightful owners to you, and you are their property. And that's the ideology, isn't it? And the reason why they need to cull the herders, there's too many of us, Georgia Guidestones. So let's come back to what they're doing with this technocracy and where you want it to go from here, because these are the ones that we're getting our cues from. And to me, it's like we're getting our cues from, and like in a classroom, there's a guy at the front, but there's 60 of us in the classroom taking our cues from that person. That's the problem. We need to, like David calls it non acquiescence, but that seems to be where our attention is. We're down here when when they're up we've put them up there and let's talk about where they can take us next like you were talking about now and the importance of understanding that we need to look at who who we're taking our cues from and who we're putting our trust in and learn the fucking lesson of these people are abusers um what's your take on that if that's a very convoluted question there i'm sorry about that well
1: we know that typically um new uh systems new paradigms you know usually come out of uh, chaos like you said order out of chaos transitions typically they j- are justified through uh, some sort of a crisis and we've all heard the term never let a good crisis go to waste even if that crisis is engineered <laughs> right so uh, in in my view they have always wanted this uh, technocratic dictatorship they just haven't had the technology uh, to fully implement it yet well now it's he- here. Now they do have the technology to implement this. And uh, so essentially, I personally believe that this uh, COVID-19 crisis was uh, either facilitated and manufactured, I, I, I do believe that it was manufactured, uh, to justify this next coming system. This, this is, is gonna be the digital uh, system of control. And so it's that crisis there, the COVID crisis, coupled with now this civil unrest, right? And just about a day or two ago, the World Economic Forum held a, 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 a summit, basically online, where they announced their new next initiative, which is called the Great Reset. And uh, the, the Prince of Wales was there speaking. Uh, the head of the World Economic Forum, which is of course a branch of the United Nations, was there speaking. The the UN Secretary General was there, and and a list of others, several others. And basically, they were saying in their own words that they need to, they cannot miss this window of opportunity. They have to use this crisis to launch and implement the great reset. And basically uh, coupled with that great reset is what they call the fourth industrial revolution, which is essentially merging uh, man with machines. And, And they have, you know, this is, I mean, this is the future. This is the World Economic Forum and the United Nations Uh, talking openly about this. And I mean, the World Economic Economic Forum every year meets in Davos and the uh, global wealthy elite basically get together and talk about what's going to be their agenda for that year. And uh, as we've seen, like this is the transition into this new digital system of control as the immunity passports are being rolled out. You know, as we speak, as the contact tracing is being rolled out, as we're being digitally surveilled on every level and they 've been collecting our our DNA and all of our metadata and everything, uh, the one of the United Nations uh, goals for sustainable development, which of course is the seventeen goals in its entirety, are going to be <clears throat> excuse me included into this great reset, because of course we have to save the planet. One of them is to create a a digital ID for every man, woman and child on the planet. This is gonna tie into the immunity passports. This is gonna tie into the cashless society. This is gonna, I mean, this is going to be the new system of control It ties into Agenda 21. They want to get everyone out of the rural areas into these uh, smart cities, basically, which there's gonna be this uh, global control grid that runs on AI and 5G to start with. And uh, this is the the next phase. And now they are openly talking about it and openly saying that they need to implement this now because uh, uh, this current system shows that it's failed. COVID showed that this system failed, the unrest, the inequality, the social you know, justice. You know, we need to do this for the betterment of mankind. And they openly say that you will not be able to tell the difference between organic life and artificial life as it relates to humans. They want to re-identify what it is to be human. And the, you know, the robots are gonna to continue to roll out And they're going to take most of the jobs. And so they're going to need to redefine not only what it means to be human, but redefine what it means to work. And how are they going to make sure that everyone is equal around the world? So they want to basically uh, have wealth redistribution, because why should you, Richard, have a better life than a Syrian refugee, for example? know uh, so we need to fix this inequality so this is a a a mad rush at this point to global governance that they've been waiting up until this point and as soon as 2020 came they flipped the switch and and implemented this next phase of plans and i'm very uh concerned about what the next shoe to drop is you know i i'm not sure Uh, i'll let you jump in here before i Just keep rambling.
0: No, no, it's 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 amazing to get your take on it because I'm just sitting here nodding, going yes, 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 Um, and thinking the the next currency is going to be compliance. As you say, the social credit system is about how well you've complied with their their order of things of of their ideology. So I think, as you said, and and they're training us for now: stay indoors, stay out the way, stay your next order, your next supper, your your Oliver will be your compliance that will be your credit how well you comply will be how much you how many freedoms you get how much of a decent life you get it'll be simple as that behavioral therapy it's cognitive behavioral therapy on a mass level that's your currency your currency will be your bitcoins will be your badge and your actual currency will be how well you comply it'll be as simple as that that's what our kids are going to be growing up i'm just about to have my first child and I do not want that child to grow up in a world where they have to comply and they can't have an opinion, even like a YouTube video taken down.
1: Who the fuck
0: gets to say that? You know, and that's why, let's go back to this technology, that's why I think they panicked so much when David Ike mentioned, on that global level, between 5G's connection to the virus. I'm not saying there was a connection there, I'm saying that's why they panicked, because they started burning down 5G towers. Now, I've just done five months of travelling the world before this kicked off. I was actually in um, Bangkok filming and um, about 5G and the effects at 60 gigahertz on the blood um, cells and they're carrying oxygen around the body they do not, they need 5G that's their, my opinion that's their Achilles heel because without 5G set up everywhere, this thing can't the data transfer can't work so that's a massive Achilles heel there. that would say, that would make sense to why they panic so much when people started to attack the 5G towers um, that's a good sign of a weak point how they panic and 5g is a massive weak point there for them um and let's say five months making a film of it i know quite a lot about it i know that is it's it's military grade technology when it gets to the 95 me, um, megahertz levels so you're saying they need 5g so when they get 5g implemented is that game over? Are we are we stuck then? And let's talk about some of the technologies that are going to come off the back of that that we're going to start see see rolling out, so people can spot the signs of actually this is becoming the norm. Here, um, there is a name overturn window, um, which shows the changes where the norm is, where you accept the norm. Can you talked to me about what sort of technologies they're going to bring out and what what you see the new world being, the brave new world, as 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 Aldous Huxley talked about. This is where we're heading.
1: Well, I would have to agree with you um, that 5G is critical for uh, this new system of control. Uh, You know, I never bought into uh, 5G as creating the the virus type of a thing. I won't dismiss the fact that 5G could have very serious health implications. Uh, If you just look at the uh, the warnings on the packaging of your cell phone when you buy it it tells you to keep it a certain distance away from your head because of the electromagnetic frequencies on electro- EMS the electromagnetic radiations and stuff so uh, this is no doubt something that needs to be researched and, and by third parties and, and verified and make sure that it's safe before we start to just uh, blanket the earth in it, which uh, they're already implementing right now As just a day or two ago. Elon Musk launched another 60 satellites into uh, space to for this, you know, uh, basically uh, to blanket the earth in 5G as the towers are all over the place. To me, the 5G is going to be between 5G and artificial intelligence. That's going to be the operating system that is uh, controlling this new grid. Excuse me. And and yes, I believe that that is potentially you know a weak point. And I, but at the same time, I'm not sure how we can stop it if they're launching it the satellites into space. You can't burn down the the uh, towers. That, you know they they might be able to burn them down here. Uh, but how are you going to stop the ones that are in space? So this is a discussion that needs to be had. And and, and I think that there needs to be real uh, independent third party, you know, testing for safety. And, and we all should see these numbers and, and see the results and have a discussion about this. You know, that's what's so concerning about this is, in general, we the people don't have a say in what this new future is going to be. Uh, these are Uh, dictators you know basically they're technocrats who are deciding the future of humanity for us because they know what's best right well who the hell are these people we don't they don't shouldn't have a say in what our future is we're the ones who uh, you know are the government should work for us you know we're the taxpayers all this kind of stuff we should have a say uh, or vote or something we don't get we don't get one in this case and when you look at you know uh, the fourth industrial revolution and what it entails, you know they're talking about you know not being able to tell the difference between you know like I, I mentioned earlier organic and artificial. You know that's how s- seamed we're going to be. That's how infused we're going to be with this technology. In their eyes, this is what they want. And we already have Musk again working on the Neuralink project to implant these chips and, and wires into our brains uh, to merge us with, with machine and AI. Now we are also seeing, I have seen in one of these uh, World Economic Forum videos where they're talking about, you know, right now the issue, everyone's talking about freedom of speech and that issue. Well, they're already looking beyond that because they're openly saying that once we get access to people's thoughts and once we get access to people's emotions, we're going to need to create a framework uh, to create a safe space for people to be able to think in, you know? I mean, so this is, straight out of you know the worst uh science fiction novel ever that they are literally going to be controlling how you think what you think about and how you feel about things so i mean this is you know where how how far is it going to go i mean this is it sounds terrifying to me and uh as far as the the technology goes it's, it's just getting faster and and more advanced you know and it's already encompassing our uh our lives and uh, you know, everything from the supply chains down to just our daily lives, you know, and it's moving towards, everything's moving towards digital, you know, as you know, this fourth industrial revolution, we're already in, they say right now, but it's all gonna be uh, tracked, traced and, and regulated, you know, based on our carbon footprints uh, and, our, and our social credit scores. And, uh, and it won't be wearable devices. I think eventually we are going to be the devices Ourselves, they're going to be a part of us, and and that's how you know. Like I said, with the immunity passports, it's gonna it's gonna have your your medical information, your education, your finances. That's how you're going to be able to buy and sell if they let you. You know, that's how you're going to be able to travel if they let you. I mean, it's it's going to be, and we already see in some countries, uh, like in in some Nordic countries and stuff, they have already been implanting uh, microchips in in people's hands. People are openly just going and doing this, and this is you know going to be you know people will you know accept this kind of stuff and and because of the marketing and the psychological manipulation and everything like that and i think a lot of the majority of the people may accept this but at the same time there will be the resistance that that push back and they're going to in my view uh i don't know if they'll mandate it or they you know probably eventually they will but they'll just make it your life so inconvenienced you know and and uh that you won't be able to participate in society unless you comply and assimilate essentially. And then there will be the last holdouts who will probably just be homeless living on the side of the road, uh, you know, or, or something. I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's coming quick in, in my view.
0: Yeah. You pointed out something there that was really important. I just want to point it out before we move on. Um, they didn't man. Uh, so they, they didn't lock down in Sweden and, and the country you were thinking of is Sweden. They didn't lock down in Sweden, in my opinion. And as soon as I heard that, is because they've microchipped the kids in sweden about four years ago they didn't need to lock down sweden because they've already got that far along in the order that's exactly what i said to my partner i said well they won't need to lock it down because most of them have already got the microchip in them so they don't need to do that so then they have even spun that as a as something to use and this is what they're so far ahead along but you can plot this out because they're not particularly bright, they're reptilian in the sense of whether you believe the Ananarchy they have the reptilian brain, they have to tick things off a tick list, if you can get hold of the tick list, you can see where it's going this is why the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, the work that David Icke's doing Max Egan's are doing, Charlie Robinson's are doing, all of these are great researchers not saying I am, but all these amazing researchers out there like yourself, like even a Richie Allen, you're lining up the tick list for people to say watch this because you can tick this one off and watch it, watch it. Then one day you might convince yourself that they're supplying the shopping list. They're the ones sh- showing you where you're going. So what you've said there is is terrifying in a sense. Of course it is. It's a it's an even more darker version of a Brave New World. Do you see at one point a split in the world? I mean, I watched Maleficent, the second one, last night with my partner, and one some of them are living in the woods and some of them are living in a castle. It seems like there might be a split between the ones that opt in to the technocracy and a very small minority that are going to have to opt out and live a very, very basic life if they're allowed to live that at all. Um, And then we come to FEMA camps and all sorts of terrifying stuff. But even if we're allowed to live, it'll be very much off grid, won't it?
1: Well that's exactly what they want to prevent. They don't they do not want any form of uh, independence from the system. It's it's basically like assimilate or or die. But you know, I mean that's that's what you know, if you don't uh, uh do what we say, then you're a threat to the greater good. And, you know, that that's the kind of same ideology that we see with the the vaccines for example. You know, you're a threat because you're not vaccinated. Well, that's kind of backwards, you know, if if you're vaccinated then what the, what are you worried about, you know? Mm-hmm. So but but this this is how they operate. It's either, you know, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists essentially, you know, <laughs> like we've heard so many times. And so this is, um, exactly what they're going to try to, to, uh, rule, you know, how they're going to implement this basically, you know, if, uh, this, this pandemic, right. This, this global, uh, emergency is the perfect cover for them to get away with anything that they want. If, if they want to start rounding up dissenters, they can do it under the guise of this uh, emergency, this health emergency. Uh, they can use their contact tracing and show up at your door and say, excuse me, sir, you, uh, we should, our, indica- our records indicate that you came into contact with someone who tested positive. You need to come with us. And you may disappear. I mean, that's, you know, I, I wouldn't rule that out. This is something that we absolutely have to consider, take into consideration as a real possibility uh, as this escalates. You know, they could say that it, you know they had to take Spiro away, and he had COVID, and you know he didn't make it. It's, it's a shame, you know. Uh, so, and and they could they could do this with anybody. I mean, they could. I, I wouldn't rule it out. For example, um, them attempting to assassinate Trump, for example, before these elections, I, we cannot rule this out. I mean, we can't rule out any any number of false flags and it could be blamed on whatever. It could be blamed on an extremist. It could be blamed on the virus. They could say, you know, he's an old guy and it got him and you know, we gotta lower the flags to half mass. What a, what a sad and terrible day, you know? So like, they, in my view, they will implement uh, and, and cause any type of uh, false flag to ultimately meet their, their goals. They have the medias in their pockets, this whole problem reaction solution. While well, we're seeing the problem was the virus, right? And uh, the reaction is the global economy is terrible, it's down, it's horrible, everyone's going broke, nations are going bankrupt, uh, and people are taking to the streets in civil unrest. And the solution, well, now we see them roll out the solution, this great reset in the fourth industrial revolution, you know, all by design, rolling out right now, right before our eyes.
0: And you you mentioned someone in the great research and reset there, even that, that really made my jaw drop was Prince Charles. Um, was it Prince Charles? Was there, I believe. Prince Charles oh, yes. was there, and Prince Charles. If you even look into his background, he's from a long line of Satanists that go all the way back to the Nazis. They they're connected to the Nazis. There's no doubt about that. Anyone who does a minor bit of research on the British Royals can see that from Prince Philip's side that they're connected. They've were they in with the Nazis. They're not even British, we know that. They're, they're from German descent and they go back to black nobility. William the Orange, when um, William of Orange, even who, the king, who basically absorbed a lot of actually the original aristocracy here. This goes back again to the Sabbatean Frankists and what David Icke talks about. Again, this is a long line played out of a one world government, a one world everything. But there are 0.01%. And, I, and people listen to these things and I've do it for years and they always want someone, that we're always looking for what can we do about it? I'm baffled as to know what to do about it anymore. And I don't know what to suggest because it doesn't seem like there's too many divides. Like we all just seen that they made, they tried to get the police to try and implement this. Well, a lot of the police in America were clever enough to turn around. So suddenly it's defund the police. It's almost like, People need to wake up. If they can defund the police because they won't go along with it, they'll defund the military. They'll defund, you know, um, anyone who doesn't do what they do. But they need us to build our own prison. And that's the only thing that's kind of gives me a kind of bit of hope. And it comes again, comes back to information sharing and understanding and an awakening. But I think it really comes down to individual courage to say, fuck this, I'm not having, I'm not playing my part. I'm not putting my brick in the wall. I may have to go and suffer, but I'm not putting my brick in the wall. And I don't know what else could be done about it. What's your take on what can be done about it? What sort of, is this an emotional growth we need to grow up? I don't know what it is.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it, it is uh, extremely uh, trying times, extremely confusing. I mean, that's, you know, we're being bombarded from all sides. And if you don't go along with it, then you're, you're the threat, right. Or you're a racist or or whatever. Now, I think that ultimately, the best thing always is uh, individuality, you know, like people need to become independent as they can from the system in every way that they can. They've been trying to get us incrementally for generations more and more dependent upon this system. And that's, I think that's part of this next wave that we're seeing with these stimulus checks that are going out to the unemployed, for example, that is conditioning the public many of which many of these people have never had to rely on the government before because they were successful. They were successful business owners and they were hard workers. And now they find themselves in this position that they've never been in before, where they're having to rely upon the government for help. to survive again, another aspect of this operation. And it's psychological as well, you know, that it's, it's having them get used to this. And we, I have, I listened to the entire, um, a great Reset Conference, and one of the things that they were talking about in there is that the stimulus and the bailouts that are going to be coming, these first ones don't have any strings attached, essentially, but the future ones will have strings attached, and they'll be green strings attached. In other words, you will have to uh, conform to their, uh, their ideology of this uh, You know, plan, this great reset, which of course is going to, all of the restrictions are put in place already there for their climate change agenda. They're going to be putting together new task forces to ensure compliance and regulation that make sure you do not exceed your allotted carbon footprint, for example, right? So, you know, this is what we need to do. Uh, You know, you're you're going to be limited on where you can travel, when you can travel, what you can eat, what you can buy, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. So, we just need to become as independent as possible, start growing gardens for, you know, I, I, that's what I is on my list. At the top of my list is something that I've, you know, I have seeds. I've had seeds for years, just never did it. Um, And that's, you know, just any, any semblance of liberty, freedom, uh, you know, for the individual, it will empower the individual and the community, right? They keep saying that they're doing this for the collective good of everyone. Well, you know, the individuals I think should be able to decide for themselves what is in good for themselves and the families. And then, you know, uh, try to share the information, speak up. Don't be afraid to tell your, your neighbor whoever say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I think this is a bunch of bullshit. What do you think? Like, you know, you know, that's, uh, ultimately if the individual is empowered, that will have a great effect on those around them, you know? And, and, uh, and so I think that that's, uh, you know the the best advice that i I can offer right now at this point is just to continue to resist and uh and be as independent from the system as possible in any way possible and uh that that's that's what I'm trying to do here you know
0: it's sad state affairs when it's come to this isn't it um it almost seems it's been happened so quick that you're almost breathless and it's happened to you and you're I've never met you and you're over in I believe you're in the u s at the moment i'm I'm in the middle of England in the north look i think. It's hit England a lot different. We're a lot different type of people. We've got very, we've got sarcasm, which really helps. We find bizarre really funny, so that means we don't take it seriously. And John Lennon said, "There's two things that they hate um, about this. They hate people that they um, hate humour. They can't deal with humour, and they can't deal with non-aggression. They can't deal with those two things. If you can ha- you can laugh at this stupidity. You're halfway there, and if you can just not be aggressive to it and just think and take the piss." It's a really good way. Like, I'm gonna wear a Spider-Man mask if I've got to go on transport. Just a full one, because okay, I've got to comply a bit, but I haven't got to comply all the way. So I'm gonna take the piss and film myself and find a way of finding some liberty in the in in the prison. Even if I'm in a cell on my own, I can still sing a song. There's always a way, and it uh, that man's search for meaning is a great great thing for people to, to listen to um, listen to to read it's a great book um, about a guy that was um, found his 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 search for meaning got him out of the um or got him through the prisoner of prisoner camps and i believe that this is what we're having now it's like someone's put a fishbowl over the planet and now we're all we realize we're trapped we didn't see it before um guys thank you so much um spiro for your time I really really appreciate your time love to do this again um, please tell people where they can find your work and support everything you're doing and how they can support you as well. Uh, well for now, uh, I have a
1: channel on YouTube. If you just type in my name, Spiro, uh, it'll pop right up. Uh, it's under Spiro scores, but Spiro will pop right up. And, uh, so, but you know, who knows how long that channel is going to be around. They've taken down three of my reports here in the past uh, month or so. And, you know, I'm honestly, I'm surprised that my channel is still there at this point. Um, I'm also on BitChute. Uh, BitChute is a great alternative to YouTube that does not censor. Uh, so that channel I intend to have there for a long time. Um, it's again, just under my name, Spiro there. You can find me on uh, Twitter at it's at orips, Rips, or which is Spiro backwards at o underscore R I P S. Um, and uh, you can, I find my work over at activistpost.com. I, I contribute over there. All my reports get published there. It's a, it's a great site uh, with some great people over there. And uh that's that's about it really
0: well thank you for all the work you're doing i think you've done you're doing incredible work and you're very well spoken your research is is very in depth and you and you present it in such a way that i i couldn't do it myself and i think that people like yourself are doing this work it's all that we're really clinging on to now we, we post a lot of your your posts your um articles on davidite.com from activist posts because i do a lot of work on david's website myself and we're always trying to because Trying to help promote this, people like yourself, Whitney Webb, um, Max Egan, Charlie Robinson. These guys are the guys, Dan Dix, who's had a hell of a time in the last few days being completely abused at these Black Lives Matters rallies, and that is horrific in itself. You guys are the guys that are actually keeping this information um, circulating. We'd love to work with you more at iconic.com. We're big supporters of your work, and um, I appreciate your time, mate, and thank you for everything. I'll put this out. Guys, I'll put all the links to um, Spiro's um, work. In, this, um, in the video when it goes up on YouTube and BitShoot, and obviously iconic.com. And please go over and check his work, support everything he's doing because this is incredibly important in the book burning age. This information is the stuff that they've tried to bury for th- probably thousands of years. And you, we need to use this information to keep the lid pushed off, guys. So anything you wanna leave the audience with just before we go? No, I just want to thank you uh, for having me on, for
1: in, uh, inviting me here to be your guest. And, and uh, you know, I really respect you and, and all of the guys there at Iconic and, and davideich.com. And, you know, I just, uh, just thanks so much. We need more uh, people out there like yourselves uh, who are doing this great work out there. And I just uh, can't thank you enough. And I, again, appreciate you having me on.